From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good afternoon to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host, Chris Whitler. Chris, welcome. And I don't know about you folks, if you're listening live right now, but we're hitting record highs in temperatures here in the Central Valley and in California this weekend. Uh, Chris, I was just listening to the Death Valley, I think, is going to hit a record, almost a record high, the second highest uh, uh, temperature they've had in, a, I think, since 100 years this uh, this weekend. So it's, uh, it's kind of burning up here, yeah. yeah. And I won't tell you where I was last week, but... Uh, it was kind of in the low 80s. Yeah, and yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell us where you were? And, no, I don't want to, you know. But it was, <laughs> it was a long time in coming, and we really yep. enjoyed it. Yep. So anyway. Well, again, welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us. And uh, also with us is our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey. And, uh, friends, just a reminder that we encourage you to volunteer, especially this time of year. Those of you who are in the heat areas like we are, really important to go and check out your elderly neighbors, especially those that are widows or widowers. Uh, many men uh, in their 70s and 80s and 90s die during this season because of heat uh, problems. And, and the issue often, Chris, is in those metal mobile homes, mm-hmm. the air conditionings either aren't working or they won't turn them on because they don't want to spend the money and... Fans don't cut it. You gotta lower the ambient temperature mm-hmm. in there. And a lot of elderly men in our community die every year, uh, because of heat related issues. So we encourage you, if, if there are senior folks living near you, make sure they're okay, uh, during this heat wave and it doesn't cost you anything just to go down the street and check in on them and make sure they're okay. And, yeah, especially uh, if, in the heat of the day, if you can get them out to the mall or mm, even absolutely. just bring them over to your house or something like that, absolutely. encourage people to stay cool, get the temperature down. Absolutely. And you know, friends, uh, here in, in Stanislaus County, in the greater Modesto area, if there is a problem with the air conditioner or whatever, give us a call. And uh, occasionally we have someone who might be able to fix that uh, fix that problem for them. Well, friends, this is an extraordinary opportunity today. I've been waiting for this show for a long time. Old friend, not I don't mean you're old, but you, I've known you a long time. Okay, the, uh, Charles Duncan, and uh, you're old a young guy. Old is good. I have no problem with <laughs> <Okay>. old. <laughs> Charles, we've known each other for quite a few years, yes. and and part of just one of 
God's treasures in our community. Uh, True Light uh, Congregational Church, their greater True Light uh, on Modesto's west side, and and our, our dear friend Carl Bryant. There, what a, what a wonderful brother! And it is it is like family. And, yes. and and we treasure that time, you know, once or twice a year we get to uh, come and, and fellowship with you, with you there. And, and I'll tell you, it's just, it's like coming home. You know, we just love uh, God's congregation there. And, and Charles, you've been a part of that uh, body for a while. And we got to talking about what, what Charles does. And he showed me a card several years ago, and it, the card says, The Chess Tutor. I'm like, well, okay, you know, he tutors people and how to play chess better i'm a moron in chess you know really i mean i i know what the i know i know kings i knew you know i i know the names of the pieces i know how they're supposed to move as far as strategy goes you know i'm a numbskull on that i it's just I, I don't play with any strategy i just try to move the pieces and try to avoid checkmate at least for the you know first five seconds of the game and i'm, I'm doing well is this the one where you can double jump <laughs> No, Is that what we're talking about no, today? That's checkers. Oh, oh, oh. See how much yeah. we, but. There we go. I'll tell you what, what really, what really got me excited and I, and I hope what will pique your interest today is that Charles revealed depths of the game of chess to me that I had never considered. This this hour, we're going to be talking about how chess can be used to develop character, how it can be used to teach biblical principles, how kids in the inner city can take a, a lot of their uh, aggressiveness and, and such and pour it into a game of strategy that builds them up and, and can ultimately build strong communities if you are not interested in chess before today's show, I can pretty much guarantee you at the end of this podcast, you're going to be ready to delve into it more. I'm very excited about this. We're going to introduce, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to introduce Charles too, as well as we're honored to have two of his special guests with us, Isaac oh, yeah. and Claudia. And Isaac, how old, how old are you? I'm 10. You're 10. And Claudia, how old are you? Nine, nine and 10. And, uh, we're, we're just, honored to have you with us today and they have uh, been under charles mentorship and uh, so we're going to find out what they've learned we're going to talk to charles about the game and how it can be used especially to really build character teach biblical principles going to be an exciting time before we do that though let's check in with our friends from voice of the martyrs Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about another real-life Jesus freak. Born into a communist Cuban home in 1985, Rosa lived under the strict atheism of parents loyal to Fidel Castro. But her great-grandmother secretly shared God's love with Rosa. And the seeds of faith planted by the old woman, cultivated through prayer, came to harvest when Rosa received Christ just a few years ago. At boarding school, she was the only Christian. So Rosa did the same thing her great-grandmother did. She shared the gospel. And now she has three Christian friends she meets with in secret. Did you ever wish for more Christian friends? Maybe, like Rosa, you can make some yourself. Get a global perspective from the Voice of the Martyrs. Go online to persecution.net. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Again, Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host Chris Whitler and our special guest today, Charles Duncan, who's a chess tutor, and uh, also our very special guest, Isaac and uh, Claudia. We are just so privileged to have you with us today. And I, I, again, friends, if you have 
a notepad nearby. I encourage you to grab it with a writing utensil as well. That kind of helps because you're going to get some incredible gems, some great nuggets today. And again, the whole game of chess is going to take on a whole new meaning for you by the end of this podcast. Are so we here gonna, we go. Are we going to find out just how badly Isaac and Claudia can beat me? <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I, I know they could beat me with two <laughs> hands tied behind the backs, but uh, we'll, <laughs> uh, both of us, I think, okay, we'll find right. that out fairly okay, soon, good. Chris. We're going to be humble. Yeah, we're going to be humble. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charles, first of all, I, again, I, I am so amazed at the way you have peeled the layers off this game for me, and I'm just really intrigued by what you see in it that I never saw before. Let's do some background. How did you get connected with this game of, of chess originally? Well, in 1961, I was in the Marine Corps, and I was actually oh. I was in a uh, naval hospital, confined to the bed. And this corpsman came around, wanted to teach me how to play chess. Al here was a corpsman yeah. right here. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And this fellow kept bugging me, and I did, I was not interested. And finally one day, just to shut him up, and go, <laughs> you know, I agreed for him to give me a lesson, you know. And he sat there, and he explained the pieces to me and whatnot. And after about three days of fooling around with him, I took my queen, I ran down there, and I said, check. And he took it. That just crushed me. Hmm. And I was determined from then on to kind of learn how to play this game. And as I uh, began to learn how to play it, it developed a love. Hmm. So when I got out the Marine Corps, I went home and taught my father how to play. And we spent so much time playing, my mother hit the chess set. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't get anything out of either one of us. So anyway, through the years of playing chess, I stumbled on a um, into a chess club one day. And these fellows jumped on me, and they, and uh, but I wasn't the only one bleeding when it was over. <laughs> and I began to learn. I had no idea that they had things such as chess books, and I read a chess book, and it started giving me ideas. And one, and over the years, a, a love of the game it just connected. That's all I can say. Charles, what is it about this game that created this passion in you? What 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 was it that just resonated in you so much? It reveals your inadequacies hmm. because it falls back on you hmm. you're responsible for everything that you do and it's sort of like um the bible basic instructions before leaving earth the bible is our guidebook and if we break the rules and laws and regulations in there we suffer consequences chess is a game of consequences hmm. you make a bad move because you didn't think or you were too impulsive you suffer the consequences so therefore, you can teach rules, laws, and regulations. So well, and my uh, th- thinking about that, Charles, so much mm-hmm. of our culture tries to avoid consequences. Exactly. And exactly. so, so I, I would imagine that that instilling these principles early in great young people like this is probably very important, right? Very important because they they'll carry it through life. If you teach a child moral character, how to be polite, try to be patient that are carrying them all of their lives. And the same thing with chess. Because you can't get it right because you're impatient. <laughs> so uh, chess is an excellent tool to demonstrate critical thinking. Mm. So you can set up a scenario on a chessboard, and it mimics life in a lot of ways. So we see art You see art, mirroring you see life, right? <laughs> poetry, you see music, yes. You see a beautiful experience once you get understanding. 
Well, I think, Charles, isn't that the issue? I, I mean, you know, for me, I, I've played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my son can beat me, you know, when he's half asleep. Uh, I've, I've never really explored the strategies uh, behind it. Let's unpack a little bit the depths of this game. Let, let's talk a little bit about the discipline that's required and the critical thinking that's uh, that's required. Start start to unpack a little bit for us. What's involved in this game that we don't normally see? You're actually the person that's involved in it, and you're making the moves, and you're thinking about it. So it puts it on you as to make a decision. So when I teach people, first of all, I try to get them to understand, don't be intimidated. Mm. Make a decision, whether it's good or bad. If it's a bad decision, we can fix it. If it's a good decision, we'll learn from it. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, and I, I know for me that chess, uh, learning chess has the intimidation factor of it has been the thing that has kept me from pursuing it. It seems like a very intimidating game. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's, that's part of the issue. F- why I haven't pursued it so much is that you are out there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. whether, whether, you know, there's a lot of games, luck comes into it and, and that kind of thing, but, but, uh, it seems like with, with chess, it's, it's a very vulnerable. Act. It is, it is. Chess has no luck in it at all. Right. This is all skill. This is what you learn. When a baby first starts to walk, it falls down. The baby falls down. Mm-hmm. So, he gets back up and you encourage him to keep walking. You don't let him fail. Mm. So it's the same thing with the chess game. Mm. I'll show you how to make a move or what to do and ask you why did you do that. Now if you don't understand why you did it, that's even worse. So that's what we need to talk about, you know. But once you understand, once you get understanding, it becomes easier. I'm going to read uh from a handout if if you okay. don't mind if I mm-hmm. that that you gave me trip because I think this is this is one of the keys that unlocks uh, you know, why it's so interesting to me that we need to explore the depths of this. Here it says, the king represents leadership and responsibility to lead by good example. The upholding of justice and maintaining of peace and harmony of the nation or family. The king's conduct is subject to certain restrictions. He should operate on understanding and wisdom and be able to focus and not be reactive and irresponsible. Sounds to me like using the chess game, we can teach a lot of our young men about fatherhood here. Absolutely. Absolutely. The king is the head of the household. Now, you know, our young men today, when they grow up, you want them to be the head of the household. Well, you have to learn how to do that. So when they're young, they're young princes. Hmm. You know, And there's rules and regulations that you've got to follow. And there's consequences for your actions. How did this game evolve? Do you know? Can you give us any background on that? There's a lot of myth of how it evolved. Uh, they say a wise man invented it for the kings to keep them from fighting over some land. You know, so it's a lot of myth, but it's it's about twelve hundred years old, mm. oh, and man. it's been going on a long time. Whoever invented it was pretty bright. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> Let me go on in uh, the next paragraph. The king should be a person worthy of honor and respect. A person who yes. Chooses to make wise decisions to protect and better his nation or family and to maintain his position of authority and respect. He must accept the result of the choices he makes and deal with the consequences no matter if they lead to success or failure, victory or defeat. He must live with the consequences of his actions. He must learn from his mistakes 
and participate in the recovery of any loss or damage to the family or nation. <laughs> you can learn that from this game. Yes, wow. absolutely you can because you're going to make mistakes. And once you get involved, because you're actually the leader, when you're sitting at the chessboard, you are the king. I was going to say, is is that how chess is played? You play from yes. the perspective of the king. Yes, and you are the king. And you want to play with honor. You want to play with respect. You know, everyone has a role. Every piece on the board represents something. Now, one of the things uh, on the king, on his crown, is a cross. Mm-hmm. That represents Christ. Mm-hmm. He died for all of our sins. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the role of the family. God created marriage. He created the man and the woman and each of their roles. So as the king, he's the leader. Now, the queen is the most powerful piece on the board. Why? The old king, he can only move one square at a time. That's all the power he's got. But if he's used his wisdom, that's all the power he needs. Hmm. Now, the queen, she's the mother of the family. She's his wife. She takes care of the, she's the center of the family. That's why she has all the power. But if the king uses wisdom, she won't run wild and rampant. Hmm. If he makes bad decisions, you know, they're going to pay for it. Then all the pieces, the bishop represents the church. It represents the spiritual, uh, spiritual advisor. The knight represents the, uh, a leader or a warrior. The rook represents a castle, which is safety, like your bunker or your stronghold. And then you have the pawns. And those are your foot soldiers. Now, prior to the starting of the game, you have the king. Um, the king has a bishop, which is his spiritual advisor. He has a knight, which is his warrior. And he also has a rook and four foot soldiers. God said it's not good for man to be alone, so he got married. Hmm. The queen comes. She has a spiritual advisor. She has a knight. She has four handmaidens. When they work together in harmony as a unit, they work as a family. I was going to say, it sounds like what you're saying is... Um, we operate and win the day through community. Yes. Yes. And you have to do it harmoniously. Hmm. Now, God's rules, his principles are supreme even in the chess game. They're there. And this is what you teach. Hmm. Well, Isaac and Claudia, I'm going to ask you to come up to your microphones there. And uh, now, Isaac, how long have you... How long have you been playing this game called chess? Like about two months. Two, just two months. Yes, just wow. two months. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and Isaac, uh, what what are some of the things that that you've learned about chess when you when you look at those sixty four squares there and you see all the pieces lined up? What what have you learned about maybe making that first move? What goes through your mind? I've learned not to move so fast and. To control the center. Um, wow. Wow. Um, uh, we could all learn that, <laughs> not to move so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia, how about, how about you? What, what have you learned as, as you're looking at that chessboard and you're going to, uh, take on a worthy opponent? What are you looking for? What are you thinking about for that first move? Well, to learn by your mistakes that you do. To not to move that fast. Mm. To um, not take your queen out so so early. Not so quickly. How long have you been playing? Two months. Two months. And, and you already have these principles 
You're amazing, Charles. I, this is absolutely intriguing to me. So how do you begin with young minds like this? Where, where, where do you start with them? You start with explaining it to them, breaking it down to them. Now, the thing about it is young minds, they receive better than old minds. I taught a senior class. I thought it was going to be a lot easier. Was I surprised? <laughs> was I surprised? Yes. Uh, but uh, our youngsters, you know, they just soak up information. Mm. Once you get their attention and you explain it to them. So once they have an understanding, and then we start with small problems. I'll give them, uh, After they learn how to make the moves. And what each piece can do is limited. Your nose cannot do what your toes do. And your ears don't do what your lips do. Everything has a role and it's limited in what it can do. And you have to work them together. And once we teach them that about the uh, files and the diagonals on the chessboard, what they represent, then we give them like checkmating one. And once they figure that out, then we can advance to checkmate in two, checkmate in three. Now they're looking for things, so it's a teaching process. So when when you say checkmate in one, what what do you mean by that? That means checkmate in one, move the game's over. So what you're actually doing is putting together a problem for them and then explaining. But you want to explain not only the problem to them, but what to look for, Mm. why to do this and why not to do that. You know, And as you see that they get an understanding, you can feed them a little bit more. And then they begin to connect the dots and put it together. This sounds like stuff that goes on in the Pentagon. I mean, I mean, yeah, hopefully, (laughs) 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 or or on the bridge of the ship, right? Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, you know, it's. I have another. I have another student. He's much older. He's deluxed, and I've never worked with a deluxed person before, and he learns a lot different. I can't give him pencil and paper. I can't give him a problem like that. But if I sit down and show him, he can do it. Mm. You know, now he's not, he has it only, it's been less than a month and already he's playing a full game. Is that right? Yeah. So, so what you do is you start out with scenarios. You don't necessarily start out with the full setup. You, you give them, uh, I give them scenario. Uh, all of it. They get, oh, the, okay. they get the whole thing. Plus they get little small sections and then they, they put it together according to their understanding. Okay. As they progress, everybody progresses differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get it right away. Other people, you got to work with them for a while, it's till they get the idea. Now, and I have to be patient and wait till they understand, or at least try to learn how to teach them so they do understand. And once they know how, it's theirs. Let me ask you this: Do you ride a bicycle? Yes. Can you skate? Yes. Do you well, know how to sw- I don't know if I can anymore. <laughs> right. That's all right. But you know, but you know the principle. Oh, yeah, do you know how to yeah. swim? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. You own that. Nobody mm-hmm. can ever take that away right. from you. As we get older, you may not be physically able to, but yeah. you know how to do it. Yeah. You know how it's done. Yes. This is something that these kids will own. Mm-hmm. They don't I, know. W- w- about how long does it take, or I'm, I'm sure it's different with every student, mm-hmm. what is it like the day that light comes on? Like, do you get to see that happen? Yes. Yes. Rewarding, you say hallelujah, yes, yeah. because they got it, and I know they have it. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll still visit that and revisit it a couple of times. Now I can give them something a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, take them off milk, give them a little meat, yeah, put a little sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm gonna read you another couple excerpts yeah. from a, a handout that Charles has here. He says, Chess has immediacy to it, you miscalculate, you lose. There's no forgiveness and no reliance on luck. Chess is not is not about just critical thinking. It is also about creative 
thinking. Mm-hmm. Chess is a game of understanding, not memory. Chess is where you are accountable for your actions and you suffer the consequences if you are careless. What a concept. That's my parenthetical. <laughs> yeah. right. Continuing on. Chess teaches integrity where a person acts on convictions and stands up for their beliefs. Responsibility by accepting and taking personal responsibility for their actions. And resistance by resisting and avoiding negative and dangerous situations. I never thought that this game had all those wonderful principles uh, underlying it. And so I think that this is just the beauty of what we're, we're talking about today. Now I'm curious, uh, Isaac and Claudia, you have, you have some sheets in front of you. It looks like maybe some questions and some answers. What, what do you want to read one of those, one or two of those for us? Sure. Let, let me jump in this. I, I made up a list of questions for them and I asked them, their opinion, and they wrote it in, in their words. Uh, how has playing chess changed your thinking, Claudia? Um, it t- changed my thinking a lot. Um, it helps me to make better decisions. Mm. Okay, yeah. Better decisions, awesome. What because chess, in, in playing chess, you have to make a decision. You're forced to make a decision. You can't move it until you make a decision. Now, how many in in an average? I don't know if there is an average chess game, but mm-hmm. if if there were, uh, approximately how many moves are made during an average game? Is there? Do we know? Uh, well, the average. It's kind of hard to say what an average is because it depends on the two people who are playing. You yeah. know, but an average chess. I game... I mean, if you're playing yeah. me, it's over quick. Okay, right? no, but say, no, but an average player. an average chess game can last, let's just say, forty minutes. A tournament game can last three to four hours. Mm-hmm. One tournament game. Wow. You know, so they're playing on different levels. You can also play a game in five minutes. That's what they call rapid transfer or blitz, a fast mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily recommend that because <laughs> I like to think. Right. So what happens is that as they begin to learn, they begin to grow. Mm. As they grow, you can give them a little bit more. The other question is, I'll ask, um, Isaac, this one. How has chess helped you in your schoolwork? It has helped me to think twice be- before I, I do something. So it affects your, your decision-making. You think about things a little longer than, than you used to? Yeah. Look at maybe some, some additional options? Mm-hmm. I bet your teachers appreciate that, don't they? Yeah. yeah I bet they- <laughs> now, a lot of things in chess you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's very important. And one of the first things we want to teach kids is how to lose humbly, gracefully, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to lose. You're not going to win every game. And when you first start off, you're going to lose a lot of games. So that now we're talking about your ego, your self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know. So got to teach you that it's okay to make a wrong decision, to make a mistake. Now let's work about correcting that mistake. And if we can learn how to work on correcting that, what did you do wrong? So the next time when you come back to it, you can approach it in a different fashion. And it seems like, um, well, I think, I think part of all of our ego, um, not just young people, but part of everybody's ego is you want to be good at stuff. Yes. You know, and, and, and it is difficult to accept that it's going to take time to get something right and to, to really learn it. And, uh, that's a, that's a, a principle that I've, I've, I've tried to instill in my own children mm. is that it takes time to learn how to do something well. I think a lot of people, 
you know, <laughs> one example is, you know, if if you bowl on the Wii, you know, the Wii game, mm-hmm. if you go bowling on the Wii, you're really good right away. And then you go to a bowling alley, and you're terrible, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the difference in dealing with reality. Right, right, right. All right. So yeah. they have to realize what their potential is. Your potential is not when you accomplish something, that's not your p- potential. Right. You've already done that. Your potential is still yet what you haven't done. So in teaching them how to play chess, mm-hmm. you know, we're digging into their potential. Yes. We're showing them that. And when they understand what their potential is, you know, they'll push a little bit harder. Yes. And what's neat is it's happening in the real world. It's, yes. It's not yes. on a screen. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And you have to use this. They mm-hmm. have to think and make a decision. Then when they make that decision, why? You have, to give you an example, in an opening, you have, uh, let's just say you have five different choices. Which one is the best? Which one is the least? Now, understand why. So I teach them how to uh, open up in the chess game, uh, what to do, why to do it, and what to look for. That was the hardest thing to teach them, and to teach them how and why. Once they learn that, now what happens in that is that they made mistakes and they paid for it. They will lose a piece, hmm. and they get angry with themselves or upset with themselves uh, because you weren't thinking, you weren't paying attention. So it's just like you learn by rote. And there's a, a dynamic there of accepting responsibility for your own actions, mm-hmm. not blaming it on somebody else, but yes. taking you know taking ownership, which we could use a lot more of in today's politics and culture. <laughs> and in today's everything, it everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- th- it comes out in chess. It shows you your weaknesses and your mistakes, so it deals with you first. Well, and what's interesting, uh, Charles, you and I were, were talking a couple weeks ago, and you made the comment to me. I can tell a lot about a person by watching them play chess. Mm-hmm. What insights do you get from someone as you're watching their decision making? What 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 do you see being revealed? Uh, their body language. Their body language is revealed if they're uh, they're tense or they're nervous or they're not sure. Mm. You know. And, you know, as a chess player, say when I'm playing competitive chess, and there's a big difference mm-hmm. than playing with kids, and then if I go to a tournament and I'm playing competitively, you know, uh, it's like, no mercy. I come to the table, man, you know, either you know what to do or you don't, you know. Um, you can see his hesitation, or you can see when he's very confident. Mm. Then it makes me look at the board a little bit differently. What does he see that I don't see? Hmm. So what it is, it's the fight of uh, will, my will against his will. And it's a, you're forcing this across the game, so it's a competition. Claudia, how do you see chess relating to real life? Do you see some uh, parallels there? Do you see that there are things in your life that are mirrored in the in the chess game? Well, um, you do mistakes in life, and you do mistakes in chess. That's how I see it. And and you learn from that, right? Uh-huh, you learn from your mistakes. Wow. And how old are you again? Nine. Oh man. Now I gotta this tell is you, great. <laughs> Claudia on the chessboard is extremely aggressive. Once we taught her how to open up and whatnot, I mean, Claudia is coming at you. You know, you gotta watch her. You gotta watch her. She's very, she's very strong. You I'm know? gonna scoot over. You know. Now, uh, then on the other hand, Isaac was a little bit slower, but he's he's slow, but he's steady. He's very consistent. It's methodical. Very methodical. Very methodical. You know, and you see them each develop in their own way. Right. 
you know. Now, till you get to a point where there's, okay, I've got them so far, now they're stumbled, you know. When I first started out teaching chess about 25 years ago, my wife would buy donuts for the kids, and, you know, they'd be off the hook, man. Mm. And I couldn't get them to get past checkmating two. They just couldn't figure it out. So I decided, I tell you what, if everybody gives me the answer to this problem, I'll give them a dollar. I, all I want to do is encourage them. I was trying to bribe them, really, you know. <laughs> and a little girl raised her hand. She says, well, I get half the problem, right? Can I get 50 cents? <laughs> <laughs> a week later, they were clipping me for 30 bucks a week. <laughs> yeah. And I... <laughs> Hey, you're the but, one that's that's teaching them to think strategically. It's your fault. That's okay. That's okay. But the ideal is that you want to motivate them. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. when I was a kid, every summer we had to study our timetables and we had to do um, spelling bees. My grandmother's had us doing this. <laughs> and, well, they gave us Tootsie Rolls and bubble gum for getting the answers right. I wasn't interested in timetables yeah. and learning to spell. I wanted the bubblegum bubble and gum. You want the prize. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was almost grown I realized that they were bribing me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but they got us to do it. Right. Not only that, half the neighborhood. So you want to motivate the children. But then again, there's another principle that there mm-hmm. is reward yes. for hard work. Yes, it is. At yeah. the end of the day, there's reward. And in the chess game, the reward is the victory. Mm-hmm. The victory when you actually got something right and you saw it coming, you plotted it, you planned it, and you actually succeeded in doing something. That's something that will stick with your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. That's what kids need. That's what we all need. Isaac, uh, let's let's go to you just for a second. We were talking a couple of minutes ago, Isaac, about learning how to lose with dignity with character with with grace because you're not going to win every game what what have you learned about chess about yourself when you lose what 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 have you learned about how to lose well how to lose gracefully i've i've learned not to get um so mad i've not to get mad at myself and to think um to learn from my mistakes and everything I've I've learned to shake shake their hand when they win and say good job. Mm. Awesome, a lot of sportsmanship. And, yeah. uh, this is uh, this is incredible. Now, Charles, I'm thinking of this. I see 64 squares, black and white. Yes. I see oh, all these pieces. I kind of know. I know what their names are. Mm-hmm. I know how they move and the way they're supposed to move. At this point, I'm just looking at all these pieces lined up. I'm looking at the black and white squares. I don't know what my first move should. How, what, how, how do you determine what your first move should be? Well, what well have you first about of all, that? you explain the game. First, you explain the board. Halfway across the board is like a football field. That's a fifty-yard line. And so you got to know what your purpose is. What is the purpose of the game? In a football game, the runner is trying to get to the other end and make a touchdown. It's the same thing in a, in, a, in a chess game. So you go through the process of teaching them the board, teaching them about the center, how all the pieces become more powerful as they come to the center, how to work your men, what your purpose is. Now, but most people, when they, they learn how to make the moves, but nobody taught them the purpose or strategy mm. or tactics. So one of the purposes is, is to develop your pieces rapidly, control the center. Until you can do that, you don't want to pick a fight. Mm. Then you have a lot of people who will pick a fight and not even ready. Mm-hmm. So a smart chess player that knows the board 
and understands that and can see that. You asked me earlier, uh, I'm watching my opponent. I'm looking at the type of moves that he makes. That tells me how much knowledge he has, mm-hmm. what he really knows and what he doesn't know. So is he going to be prey or am I going to be the predator? It depends. So you're assessing not only the board, but you're assessing the opponent. You're watching body yes. language, reactions. Yes. yes. And that all plays into whether you win or lose. Right? It contributes to it, yes. Contributes to it. Yeah, yeah. it contributes to it. So it's about knowledge. Mm. A lack of knowledge will defeat you. You might have good intentions, but you didn't know how to play. You didn't know what to do or you made the wrong move. So you got to know why. That's very important. You got to know what your purpose is. Now, my purpose might be to do this, but he may not let me. Now what? I have to adjust. Okay. It's the same way as in life. You know, things don't always go the way that we want and we have to make some adjustments. We can't have it our way. Charles, how do you, uh, how do you teach this? Uh, I mean, how, how do you approach this with, with adults and, and, and children? What, what kind of, kind of curriculum do you take them through? How, how do you do this? I take them through a little scenario. Um, basically, what would you do in this particular case? I give, put together uh, chess problems on, on how, what choices would you make and why to get them to understand that first of all. You know, and then have confidence in themselves. Confidence that they can make a decision. And if you make a, a wrong decision, let's correct it. Understand why. You know. Now, the difference between adults and children is intimidation. Children are intimidated because they're playing an adult. We have to teach kids when we take them to tournaments not to be intimidated by adults, to actually watch them because adults will cheat them. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. You know, I played a kid in a tournament in Livermore uh, years ago, and uh, this kid, his mother walked him in, sat him down, and I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was in trouble, and we played. The guy's name was his name was Andrew. I'll never forget it. I played him with everything I had. The little kid slipped my throat. Reached across and <laughs> and shook my hand and thanked me for the game, and I was dead in the water. All the training that I've had all these years, I couldn't beat this eight-year-old kid, or maybe he was maybe he was about eleven. And he did it beautifully. I had to appreciate that, you know. Someone had taught him very well. You know, some of these kids have only been out of diapers five or six years, mm. and they got brain power that will, you know, embarrass you. Do you um do you see that um, uh, chess is something in our culture, or even games of this type? Is this something that's kind of fading away? It is ha- it, is it, there a resurgence? Is it growing now? Well, um, it, it, it all depends on the culture. Okay. You know, in other countries, chess is on a much higher plane than it mm-hmm. is in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, the United States is changing. Uh, chess is becoming very popular. You know, and it's getting it, introducing it to people so they won't won't be intimidated by it. You can learn so much. Most of the kids that I have taught have gone on to college and been very successful because it teaches them to think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is like one of the last um, things that we do that's face-to-face. Well, yes. If you had a chess night at home and you played on a regular basis, you could teach your kids the things that you want to them to understand by using this game we only use that as as an example right you know and so we need to be able to teach chess that 
Claudia can play with me. I'm a grandfather. Mm. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Now, she can beat me. Isaac's beat me, what, three or four times already. Mm-hmm. He's caught me sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, seriously, I've made a mistake. And he, he's gotten me. Good on you, Isaac. <laughs> Way to go. Well, Charles, the, I think right now people are thinking, wow, this is, how do we find out more about this? Uh, can we give your phone number out? Is that all right? Or would you prefer that people go through ABC to contact you with some questions? No, the, you can get my phone number. Yeah. Okay. Our, our, and, and also the um, email address. Uh, Charles Duncan is our guest here. He's the chess tutor. And, uh, again, you have to find this intriguing. I, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Chris uh, and, and Al were involved in a, a program here in the city called Project Ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And we meet with uh, the most violent gangbangers of uh, several of the gangs in our city. And there's a presentation to them in which basically the community says, look, we're tired of you killing people. We're tired of the violence. got to stop. If you're willing to quit killing people, we will help you succeed if you want job training, if you want education, uh, if you need something at home. Uh, we will help you with that if you'll simply agree to quit shooting and stabbing people. You know, we can, we can, we can start here. I'm just thinking that if, if these guys and gals that we're dealing with who are now hardened, uh, criminals who are responsible for puncture wounds and, and people dying, if if they were able to channel some of that stuff in, into strategies like this, that many of those life lessons would have worn off and they wouldn't be in the place that they're in today. I, I would think, Charles, that this is very transferable, uh, it, especially to our inner cities, right? I believe it is. As a matter of fact, I know it is. Uh, you have a lot of gangs that are fighting and whatnot for various reasons because of a lack of understanding. Hmm. So I could take opposing gang members and sit them down let me teach you how to play a game of chess if you guys have a difference play it over a game of chess but here are the rules and play by the rules same thing as a boxing match mm-hmm. and you can teach them they used to do it in the prison systems mm-hmm. but they stopped years ago oh is that right yes yeah do, they, you, do you have a need um, where you are for volunteer chess tutors do you utilize that or are you kind of working alone, uh, taking on a few students at a time? How does that work? Well, I'm only one person. I take on students, you know, one at a time. As they come. Yeah, okay. and I can do group things. It mm-hmm. all depends on, you know. Uh, my biggest problem is I can't find people who are interested to sit still long enough so I can teach them. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. That's the problem. I can teach. I have this uh, gift that I've learned, you know, has really been passed on to me, and I need to be able to share it. But most people are too intimidated to even sit down to learn the game of chess. Charles Duncan, here's the number, friends, if you have your notepad ready, uh, 209-996-0989. Again, that's area code 209-996-0989. Or you can email Charles at chess dot tutor that's chess dot tutor at yahoo.com chess dot tutor at yahoo.com or if you just want to contact us here at lighthouse live and advancing vibrant communities happy to put you uh, in in touch with uh, charles as well isaac and, and claudia i'm just 
interested. Let's say, Isaac, that you're going to talk right now to some young guys your age, same grade. What would you say to them? I mean, they, they've never played chess before. What would you say to encourage another guy like you to, to start looking at learning chess and to learn some of these uh, life lessons and strategies? What would you say to encourage them to start learning about chess? To... What if they're afraid? They're, ah, you know, that's too hard. It's intimidating. What, what would you say to them? Tell them it's like you're boxing. Isaac boxes. You box? Yes. Seriously. He's a boxer, yes. Wow. What, what would you say to encourage them to start playing? Just from your experience. What have you learned that would maybe help them want to play? It, it helps you in your school a lot and to what about your parents? How does they're looking at you and what you've learned? What what have they said? What what do they think about this chess experience for you? My dad likes it a lot, and they they think it's good for me because I can learn something new, a new new something new, and that I can't waste time watching TV. Or <laughs> you know, one of the That's things. That's a good answer. Yeah. One of the things I like to see is mothers and daughters or fathers and sons, or I teach the whole family the game of chess. Play because together. it is a family game. Yeah. It is a family game. And the role models of the king and the queen, the responsibilities of the children, you know, the responsibilities of the game. You can teach life skills and, uh, really different values using the game of chess. So I have a couple of uh, students. I have a father and son team where I sit down and I teach them together. Now I'm getting ready to start with the uh, father and daughter. Mm. You know, so we can you can take time and sit down and teach them, and it becomes very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's very difficult to kind of explain all that can be done with chess because for each person it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit different. But if they take the time. Uh, they can judge for themselves. Yeah, the benefits come in the doing. Right, the it's thing. actually in the doing mm-hmm. and their understanding of it, you know. Yeah. Because what I would teach you, as I, I'm teaching you, depending on what your understanding is, uh, this fellow over here may go a little bit further mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or take it a, a next step deeper, mm-hmm. you know. It may take you a little while longer. Yeah. But the thing is to be able to do it. Now, one of the best things is when my student beats me. Uh, now, that's, you know, for me, that's the pinnacle. Yeah, They're getting it. They're getting it, or they come back, or they try something new. But most people, uh, they want to do it the way that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claudia, how about you? Other uh, nine-year-old girls your age, and they say, "I play chess." They're like, "What? what chess? What would you say to them to uh, encourage them to start playing as well? What are some of the benefits?" I will say that it's fun. That it helps you in your schoolwork. That. Um that you can play with your family anytime. Hmm. And um And you've been doing it two months, is that right? You've been learning for two months. Yes. And you already have this wisdom already building up. That's awesome. Here's another excerpt from uh Charles Handout in here. He says on the chessboard there is equality and justice. Equality in that you come to the board with an equal amount of chessmen. Your knowledge and skill will determine the justice you receive. 
So if that doesn't pink your interest, I don't know what will. But here we go. <laughs> Charles L. V. Duncan, the chess tutor, area code 209-996-0989. Again, 209-996-0989. You can also email him at chess.tutor. That's chess.tutor at yahoo.com. And uh, we're bumping the clock a little bit here, Charles. Any Any last words for folks out there who may think, oh, you know, I... I'm not a brainiac. I'm not a PhD. You know, I, that, that's for the smart people. What, what would you say to them to say, man, you, you've got to try this? Okay. Well, I would say to them, you just don't know. Everybody plays chess every day, but in different forms. When you get in your car, you're looking out the rear view mirror. You're looking out the side mirrors. You're looking to turn left. You're looking at what's happening up ahead, whether people are stepping on the brake or the light's changing, because you're alert. You do the same thing on the chessboard. You're being alert. You get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you go through your regular routine. A housewife is whatever she does for the for the home. She has a pattern. She has a system, something that she's following. Chess is no different. And it's something that you can learn and not be intimidated. Then you can also learn a lot of things about yourself. Mm. So I would encourage them, try it. Absolutely try it. It's not as hard as you think. Again, friends, our guest has been Charles Duncan, the chess tutor, and uh, thank you, Claudia, so much for being with us. It's just been an honor to have you, and and Isaac, thank you. Two two young people who are full of a lot of wisdom already. Mm-hmm. You guys have made me want to give it a try. Well, absolutely, I'm I'm ready to go. I, I'm going to call Charles later on. We're going to get this thing going. You guys have just been very inspirational to us. Again, friends, thank you for joining us here on Lighthouse Live today. Again, if you'd like more information about chess and how to apply it to real life and to teach biblical principles. Here's the name, Charles Duncan, 209-996-0989, 209-996-0989, or email chess.tutor, chess.tutor at yahoo.com. For Chris Whitler, Al Ramsey, and all of us here at Lighthouse Live and Advancing Environment Communities, Mike Douglas here. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you, and we'll look forward to joining you next time. Bye now.